You're listening to the AID Network. Today on Disneyland for Designers, we talk all about the creative process where you dream a big dream and then try to whittle your ideas down to the best path of storytelling. The Haunted Mansion building sat vacant for seven years. During its planning period, animatronics, a world's fair, pirates moved into the neighborhood, and Disneyland lost its founder and visionary, Walt Disney. Today is the story of those seven long years of trying to craft the perfect plan for the Haunted Mansion. But first, let's talk about current Disney events. Let's talk all about the recent creator community's take on Disneyland Summer 2019. And let's look at how Jared and myself have been spending our Disneyland-filled summers. And today in the bonus content for Circle of Trust members only, 13 things that we love about the Haunted Mansion. All of this and so much more starts right after this. It's Disneyland for Designers, Episode 7, Designing the Haunted Mansion. Hey friends, have you ever thought to yourself, man, I'd love to go to Disneyland with Jared and Mark? Well, of course you have. And good news, now you can. YouTube.com slash Adventures in Design. Watch our last park trip divided into three fun-to-watch vlogs. Also, make sure to catch my first ever Disneyland stunt. This Wednesday, I'm attempting to set a Guinness World Record at the park for the most laps taken on the Disneyland parking tram in one operational day. If you can't make it out to take a lap with me on Wednesday, watch the entire shenanigans edited down this Friday on my YouTube channel, where new Disneyland videos showcasing park trips, the history, future, and breaking news of Disneyland pop up each and every week. Please subscribe today, youtube.com slash adventures in design. And I hope to see you on the tram with me tomorrow. This is the story of a beautiful place known as the happiest place on earth. And all of its history, its secrets, and its tricks that you may find if your mind believes in design and you allow your heart to believe in magic. Step inside and become a citizen of Disneyland. fellow citizens of Disneyland. Today in part one, we look at Disneyland through the lens of social media and independent content creators. The internet figured out that people like us want a constant drip of Disneyland pouring into our lives. However, now that careers have been made out of park reports, what do folks do on slow news days? What do folks do when negative headlines trend? Is social media trying to take the fun out of Disneyland? Is your love of the park being traded and betrayed for downloads, views, and ads? Listen to how I hope to change the narrative this Wednesday and the standards this creator keeps to keep you in love with Disneyland. Jared. Yes, sir. I was going to say, feels like it's been a long time. It does. But let's take down the fourth wall. 
we just did a magical loop <laughs> around Walt's original Magic Kingdom. This one felt very efficient, didn't it? It did. Even with the Star Wars in there. Well, and also, spoiler alert, we filmed it to do our first ever vlog of Jared and I going through the park together. Right. And I thought about this. We actually filmed the first time we ever went to the Galaxy's Edge together. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I'm like I tried to think through that. I'm like, yes. I felt like we'd been I know. before together because we've talked about it yes. so much. But halfway we were through, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is our first trip right. into the Galaxy's Edge. That's right. Because so the last time I saw you when we did talk about it, I think it was in reservation period. Right. So we couldn't go wandering in. And going into the Galaxy's Edge today on a Wednesday, on the second half of July, mm -hmm. it was fun. It was breathable. There were people yeah. there. It was enjoyable. Because I live so close, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm abusing my luxuries in life. And I've been quite a few times. But right. for you, it was your first ever non-reservation casual stroll in to another land at Disneyland. Yes. How did that feel? Weird. A little <laughs> bit weird. Like, uh, because there was so much around these events, like it was this event that you were going, right. it was under these special circumstances, and, you know, you, you made time for it. To be able to just walk in and walk out, we didn't wait for the ride. You know, we, we looked at everything that we wanted to look at. Uh, I got the popcorn. I even got blue milk again. Round two of blue milk. Yeah. That's Will there be a round three? I I won't say no. I mean, I, but yeah. So it was a little strange, and it's starting to feel like it's settling into just being part of the park. Right. Yeah. For me, it's been interesting that there's there's that that's over there, but definitely when you go into it, it just feels so much different than the rest of Disneyland. Still does. You know, today's main topic is we're going to be talking about the haunted mansion. Yes. Which is this amazing, larger than life concept. On this little slice of pie with so much else mm -hmm. existing around it. Right. Galaxy's Edge is out there kind of on its own. And I'm trying to figure out because it was the greatest thing ever to all amusement park fans, all Star Wars fans. Yeah. Until it somehow became the worst thing ever. Yes. And after about six weeks, the YouTube world, the blogging world, a lot mm -hmm. of people started to turn their backs on it. And, you know, for the last couple of years, it sucks going to Disneyland because it's so crowded. Right. And now it's like, well, now they're begging people to come. Yeah. And I, I don't quite understand what people want from Disneyland because I'm going to say this. I don't work for the park. I don't right. make any money from the park. I'm not associated with the company in any sort of way. They couldn't have been more gracious with the way that they rolled out the Galaxy's Edge. Yes. The reservation reservation system was flawless. Mm -hmm. It was kind. It was generous. It spread out the love. You know, there's a lot of people blocked out of the park right now. They've raised the tickets up. They're trying to figure out how to make it not be so crowded in there. And for all of the articles that I read and all of the bloggers and YouTubers that are making content about how it's dead and it's a disaster... I want to push back and say it's dead for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, they took a calculated risk. They aired on, well, let's play it safe instead of having it being so chaotic that people are upset. Right. And it's not a disaster. It's the beta rollout. Yes. And it, to me, for somebody who's going to take my fandom and put it on a shelf and put my business hat on, yeah. which the business hat is how Galaxy's Edge gets built. 
and how we get more of them. To me, it's a very, very smart and sophisticated business rollout. And I think that the January release date for Rise of the Resistance mm-hmm. is a very, very smart move for several reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm glad we're talking about this because this has certainly been on my mind uh, reading all the Disney sites and things like that. Um, so let me ask you this question before we go too much further in this. So you're obviously... Uh, you're a little familiar with podcasting, I've heard. Yeah. I've been told you have another little show that you do sometimes. Yeah, I've uh, I've done it now about maybe 992 times. Cute. Very cute. I've almost done as many episodes as there are spirits in the Haunted Mansion. Very nice. Bring it back around. When you look at this kind of press, yeah, uh, and especially with something that is so like under the magnifying glass, like the way Disney is, do you look at a response like this as sort of a clickbait? This is uh, someone decides this is the approach we're going to take. Everybody jumps on that bandwagon. Like, where, where do you see this really coming from? Because I agree with you on all those points. I think even most of the people that are writing these articles would agree that mm-hmm. it's not a failure. But we're going to go with this as the story. Well, there are there's YouTube creators that are yeah. putting out several videos, bad mouthing it, and I watch them because I want to get perspective. Right. What am I not seeing? Right, and many of them have never been. That doesn't make sense. And one of them irritated me so much that I normally don't ever leave bad comments because life's too short. <laughs> but I did right. write on one of their their the one of the videos because it just it, it infuriated me because I looked at this and go. You know, Disneyland for Designers is about looking at Disneyland through the perspective of the design and, right. and the art, artistmanship of it, the craftsmanship. And for somebody to trash that this early in the game that hasn't even been, I wrote on the guy's YouTube comment section. I said, do you also review movies that you've never seen? Right. Because I've been there and I've been there several times mm-hmm. and it is far from a failure. So to answer your question, yeah, outrage media works. Mm-hmm. It gets clicks. But I want to argue that it gets the wrong type of attention. Yeah. Because even though people like me might check out your video, I watch it for eight minutes. I think to myself, you're an idiot. And now I will never enjoy right. your channel again. Right. So you did get me to come to your restaurant once, but I bought the appetizer. I didn't like it. And I scooted out before I bought dinner. That's right. Yeah. And I would like to say to some of these creators that... They followed the construction. Mm-hmm. They acted like they built it. <laughs> then it opened, and they had tears in their eyes because they're part of the media rollout, and right. they can't believe that they're there. Got to go first. Got to go first. Yeah. Got to show everybody. Built the droid. Went back and built the lightsaber. Now that they've done it all in this short span of six weeks, and they're jaded on it, hmm. and they're saying, well, this is where they went wrong with it. Hmm. They didn't go wrong with it. Yeah. It's a work in progress. We know the quote. Disneyland will never be completed. It'll always be a work in progress. Galaxy's Edge is the same way. Mm -hmm. And anybody who has half of a brain in their head can see that it's a sophisticated rollout and it's happening in stages. So then we've got, we're on the verge of Florida Mm -hmm. going into theirs, Orlando. Uh, How do you, like, to me, they're very different creatures. That, that Galaxy's Edge is going to feel very different being in Hollywood Studios in a, in a, in a, kind of a different tiered park sub-tier park yeah yeah with a very different layout different feeling it probably fits better in there uh, to some degree i would think that they probably laid it out for disneyland because we had the we had the most constraints yeah yeah but i think that it will it will be a different experience there yeah it, it might feel more at home there i don't know that's up to, that's up in the air i you well yeah um but do you think 
that's going to draw comparisons. The, the crowds at Florida, are they going to do the same rollout? Do you, think, do you think something will change? Do you think it'll be some weird comparison like, oh, well, Florida was packed for three months? I mean, Florida's just an animal. Mm-hmm. It's built for a whole different fan base. Yeah. You know, California is very sacred. It's constantly evolving. It's, it's more... It's artisan. It's artisan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's handcrafted. Right. You know, right. it's microbrew Disney, and it's it's the only one that Walt ever went to. And it's small, and it's quaint, and it's in the middle of this hustling and bustling city. It's mm-hmm. not its own city like right. Paris is or Orlando. But you know, something I want to kind of get back to for just a moment on making bad content right. to, to outrage media. Yeah. First off, Disneyland is supposed to be an escape. It's supposed to be a hobby. Mm-hmm. And when you cross the line and make Disneyland a part of your identity and a part of your career, I believe that you still need to uphold the magic of Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And you need to remember that when you take on the responsibility of sharing your love of the park, of course you're sharing it with locals that go to the park all the time. But you're also the lifeline to people that live one hour away or one country away. Right, right. And to ruin it and take all of the fun out of it before most people have ever set foot in those 13 acres, mm-hmm. I think that that's where it's wrong. And so when I make decisions on creating content, yeah, I think that even though I don't have the biggest audience, I think where I shine is on creativity. So if you need a headline, I would urge people, put on your thinking cap. You've been to Disneyland 300 times. You've seen their creativity. Mm-hmm. Do that with your Right. Vlog or, or right. podcast or whatever it is you do. And for a perfect example, the tram challenge that I'm doing this Wednesday. Yeah. That is yes. dumber than dumb. It's stupid, but it makes people laugh. Right. And it's right. intriguing. And a lot of people are like, I- I'm going to be watching you that day. And right. when is the YouTube video up going to go afterwards? So when I see outrage media, I also see laziness a lack of imagination, and a shortcut from people that could never even dare to do what they've done. And I'll be honest with you, folks, if Disney crosses a line and they do something I don't like, I will for sure be the first one to tell you. Mm-hmm. But this kicking them while they're down, when they're not really down, right. they've been nice. They've created this, yes. Because yes. it's like, it's about the new Star Wars. It should be about the old. They make it about the old Star Wars. They ruined my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Disneyland's crowded. It's so crowded you can't enjoy the park. Disneyland's empty. It's a ghost town. Disney's begging for you to come. Yeah. Ten reasons why Disneyland's a failure. <laughs> so I just say that I'm glad to be in the social media space as a professional. Sure. I love that this is my career. We spent a lot of time talking about that tonight mm-hmm. over dinner. Um, but I hope that I'm not a part of this movement where something amazing happens and you're 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 burnt out and jaded on it after six weeks. Yeah. And yeah. and you kick it and beat it up before 99% of the population has ever got to go there. I want somebody to listen to our episode about the Galaxy's Edge. Right. For example, there's a guy and his wife in the park today. Yeah. And the thing that made them go to the Disneyland for the first time ever was listening to us talk about the Galaxy's Edge. Really? They love Star Wars. It sold them on the idea of it. And they came out and do it. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I, there's enough in this world to complain about. Right. You know, there's enough bad politics and, and racism in the world and people that don't have enough to get through the day. Mm-hmm. 
Disneyland should be a fun space. And that's the standard yes. that I want to create and abide by. All right. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, fandom in general, I think, is taking a weird, dark turn and it, it's going to turn and it's going to. Um, yeah, I think you're going to have to start sifting through a lot of this kind of stuff yeah. to get to either find the voices that you like and agree with or to be able to sort through what's kind of garbage and clickbaity. And I'm not judging people that want to make a career out of their fandom. Oh, of course not. I believe what you love, pursue it yes. any and every way that you can. But remember your love of it. Mm-hmm. And if it was the greatest thing ever, don't ride the wave Yeah, because it looks like it's going to get you more views. Right. Because really... And this is the best advice I can give to anybody that wants to do content for a living because I've been doing it for four years plus and I make good money at it. The most important thing is your relationship with your audience. Mm -hmm. It's not how many people that shows up. It's that the right people show up and they show up each and every day and they think of you as your friend because you treat them like they're your friend. That's right. Why don't I have the Citizen of Disneyland button? I don't know. I don't know. It is the biggest. That's what Disney's done wrong is not acknowledged my citizenship. I got to be honest. I when we were at, uh, at the, I think it was at Galaxy's Edge. Actually, I found one on the ground, and I was going to give it to you. But I'm like, that's such a mean no, joke. No, I want to earn it. I know exactly. Well, he won't want it anymore. Anyway. I mean, Beth <laughs> went up to one of them one day and goes, yeah, "All he wants yeah. is the button." And she's like, "Here," and I said, "I appreciate no. it, but I have to earn it." Uh, yeah, that's crazy that you have to earn it. Do you want to talk about this tram thing? Is that you got a question for me? I Well, I mean, have we talked about it on here yet? We haven't talked about it on here yet, which would make sense because this is the flagship Disney product That's that we right. put out into the world. So for those of you that don't know, Wednesday, July 31st, I am setting the Guinness World Record of most rides on the Disneyland parking tram. Don't hear the word tram and think train. It's right. not that cool. Right. I'm starting my first ever Disneyland stunt sponsored by VGHC.com. I will be riding the Disneyland tram. From 7 a.m. when the first one pulls out of the gate until about 1.30 when the last one comes in. Hmm. Now, I really want to try to get 100 laps, but I don't know if that's possible because even though the run's five minutes, there's so much downtime. Yes. Yes. So the way that it will work is I will be on the tram all day. Okay. I will have a clicker, and I will click one when I get back to the garage. So every time I get back to the Pixar... One round trip. One round trip. is okay. a click on the thing. The way that Guinness World Records will know that I'm doing it is I will take a photo of me each time on the tram, somewhere on the journey, and when I get to the destination. So using the geo tags of all my photos uh, and through the posting that I do on social media, right. there will, and by following where my phone's been at, you will see that me and my phone has been on this course right. for the entire day. Uh, interesting. Why, why this? Because I like this. This is, a, this is a good thing. But why? what made you do this? Because funny and, and intriguing exists yeah. when it's at a baseline of zero. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like, I'm going to ride the Haunted Mansion more than anyone, it's kind of like, well, he's got a Disney pass. He gets right. to go to Disneyland. He's riding this fun attraction. But what makes this intriguing mm-hmm. is nobody really enjoys riding the train. <laughs> it's the only attraction that's free. Yeah, It's a part of the process. And for me, you know, there's a lot of people that go to Disneyland here locally. Mm-hmm. And they listen to the show or they watch the YouTube and, and they love my perspective on it. Right. It's also a really great way for me to meet people. Mm-hmm. And because the tram is free... 
anybody can come out, take a lap with me. <laughs> and I kind of enjoyed that camaraderie. Yeah. And, you know, maybe later I'll try to do the train or the monorail or do some other sort of sure. Disneyland stuntman type things. Because I want to be the evil Knievel of Disneyland. Yes. Nobody's tried to do that yet. Right. But at the core of it, it's just so dumb that it sounds fun. Yeah. No, I know? agree. I agree. And I hope that people see sort of the charm of that. And, um, you know, you can follow me on social media on my personal. I'll be doing it on at Mark Bricky. You can my stories will just be loaded up all day. Yeah. So I'm doing that all day Wednesday. And then talking about content creation, I'll be going home working like a madman on that Thursday mm. to get the summary of it all out on YouTube that Friday. Okay. That's a rough three days of work. Crazy. Um, I'm assuming you have meals and bathroom breaks planned out, but I guess we'll find out. I have a solid bladder. Yeah. I will probably only need to use the bathroom once. Okay. Um, so that's taken care of. And I know that when people come to visit me. Yeah. They'll bring me a, a, a Starbucks a donut. or a salt and straw. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the worst diet ever. <laughs> That's okay. One day. But hey, it's part of the magic. For sure. And, uh, you know, if any cast members are listening and you'll let me stay on. That will greatly improve my time if I don't That's have to go right. through security. <laughs> so that's the big thing that I'm doing. But the big thing that you're going to be doing, mm. speaking of fandom, is you're going to be a part of D23 that's coming yes. to the Anaheim Convention Center. Yes. Very excited. Um, so I will be at Talent Central uh, Friday, August 23rd from 4 to 5.30. Awesome. So it is literally just where you line up for autographs. It's not the Dream Store. And you have to have a ticket to do this. Uh, no, not for this one. For that one, you can... I mean, you need a ticket to enter the expo. Yes. Right, right. Yes, yes. Uh, and then I'll be also be there Saturday, August 24th, 1230 to 2. So um, there, I will have stuff that's in the Dream Store that you can buy. The Hipster Mickey ears are going to be available for the first time there. For sale. For sale. Wow. Um, and then they will be released later online and in the parks in the fall. But this will be the first time they're available. I and can't wait to see people wearing those. Pieces. I know. I can't wait to wear them. I can't wait to touch them. <laughs> I haven't even held them yet. So well, That's going to be great. Um, yeah, so... Come by and say hi. It should be pretty. It's crazy. So, did you? You've been to D twenty three. Yeah, I, I two years ago I right. went there and filmed a lot. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to find that in August on my YouTube channel. You'll be able to see uh, Step Into the Magic, right? The World of Disney Cosplay. Nice. Where I interviewed a lot of cosplay people, mm -hmm. and I went in with one concept of who these people are, and it drastically changed my opinion yeah. on who they are and what their story is. Yeah, no, it looks great. Just from the little bit that I've seen, it looks it looks fantastic. So so for those of you who are listening and are going to be there, please uh, come by and say hi if you want. They, Like I said, they put us in this Talent Central where we're unfortunately right next to like little artists like us, next to like the cast of Blackish is right, right <laughs> next to you. <laughs> or they bring out the new Disney Channel kid and things go nuts and you're just sitting over there, you know, waiting for people to come up. So definitely come by and say hello. That's awesome. And yep. if you're there on Sunday, I will be doing the keynote speech for the Disney Parks. Uh, Disney Wonderful. brought me on as their ambassador well, because they know time. nobody loves the parks more than I do. Yes. So I gave Bob the day off. Nice. Both of the Bobs. Yeah. And I'm... Um, taking the center stage and I'll work everybody through the magic that will be happening and, and scolding all of the uh, content creators. out. Well, there. first off, yeah, I would love for Disney to, when they all show up to D 23, <laughs> not scan their passes. <laughs> They'd be well within their rights. 
well within their rights. Yeah. Okay, so you have that coming up, but you also are going to be a part of and getting in today's big topic as we've gone through all these small mm. topics. Hope you like the casual conversations, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. But you are going to be a part of the Haunted Mansion's 50th celebration. Yeah, so this is exciting. It's a it's a different kind of event for them. I mean, it's nothing absolutely new, but the way they're doing it. So it's August 7th. It's probably when I'll be signing, and I don't even have those exact times yet, which okay. is kind of crazy. Um, so there's like this whole shopping event that sort of starts it off, and I think it's going to be like in the Disneyland Hotel or one of the hotels. and then. Um, but the main event will be actually that night from 1 to 4 a.m., so basically the 8th, the next day, uh, where, they, where you're an after-hours party in the park to just, I think, right around the mansion and that area. I had a hard time figuring out if i should buy a ticket for that mm. because to prove that i'm not a, a disney shill it was pretty expensive okay i believe yeah. it was like 350 so. bucks 300 or 350, yeah. and i couldn't really see my personal value for right. it right so i'm excited that you're going to be there yes and you're going to be a part of it i will do i will be there for one of the nights i'll do i'll do the signings during the day mm-hmm. and then we get to go to one of the nighttime parts. oh when you say we you're i'm your plus one well, thank you, you so go. much so uh, that's we'll so see. gracious of you i don't know like i don't know i can do one to four that's going to be pretty oh, rough i could could you i've spent the night at disneyland Oh, you I, did the overnight? Yeah. The 24 hours? I was hours? on Good Morning America. <laughs> <laughs> they told everybody to just stare left and wave in the camera. I stared right and waved in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the sun come up over Sleeping Beauty. Oh, crazy. Yeah, one of my yeah. magic moments. Uh, that was when I was driving home at like 7 in the morning. Oh, yeah. And my yeah, wife yeah. woke up and goes, where are you? You didn't come home last night. I'm like, I'm coming home from Disneyland. <laughs> She's like, my husband just like stays at disneyland all night I'm like i do it every night of the at week disneyland if i could hobo yeah all right so for the haunted mansion though mm-hmm. you are dropping uh so we did a new art print of a haunted mansion of cute um the all the haunted mansion characters in my style and on top of that another blind box vinyl series of these characters so yeah another one to add on the pile there we did a little christmas in july in the park today we did and uh, let Miracle me just tell worker. you, I, I, there was a little bit of magic that happened today in the park, in the blind box department. Okay, so you did a new blind box series. Yes. How many different characters did you have to make? Uh, I think there are 12. I think it's pretty standard. I think it's 12 every time. And that includes um, a mystery figure. So like 11 plus a mystery figure, I believe. And is it hard for you to characterize those and to try to get it to where it's going to work in 3D form? So uh, I just have to do the flat art and then I do some turns, but then they get some very talented digital sculptures to, to fill in the, yeah, the gaps. Yeah, take it and do it and they know how to do it. And it's kind of amazing to see that jump. But Was, um, yeah, I just do the flat art. Hard to pick your favorite 12 pieces. Uh, so they did. Disney picked them. Oh. Yeah. So I did the ones. And then I think there's a lot that goes. And, and this might be in conjunction with the digital sculptors who might say, oh, that's going to be too hard. Or that's a you know that's going to make a piece that sticks off and it's going to break. So mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. You know, the, the mansion, well, it seems like there are a ton of characters. I think there are only a handful that are actually recognizable once you start depicting them in a style. You could way. go really off the deep end yeah. and make something that, like well, that's in there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is really one of those attractions. That the more you look into it, the more you get out, which mm-hmm. I think is why so many of us love writing it over and over again, Absolutely, because it always feels like home and familiar, mm-hmm. but there's an adventurous part to it. You're like, did they just add that? Yeah. 
No, it's been there for 50 years. <laughs> Literally now 50 years. Well, congratulations on making another Toys series. Thank you. This is your third. Uh, Kingdom one, of two, Cute. Can you, two sets of Kingdom of Cute. Still the same property. But a different release. Okay. Completely different release. If you want to do that. Second I'll, series. I'll let it slide, Your Honor. Thank you. So we got two Kingdom of Cute. Small World. Small World. And now the Haunted Mansion. Yes. Wow. That's right. That's so, really cool. Yeah. It's very exciting. That and doing pins is always very exciting. Man. It's passionate. It's passionate following. Peace out to the pin game. Yeah. May it live on forever. Hey friends, today's episode of Adventures in Design and Disneyland for Designers is sponsored by our friends at SinPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SinPro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just click, send, and save for as low as $4.99 a month. Send envelopes, flats, and packages right from your desk, and you're back to business in no time at all. And for being an Adventures in Design listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you never, ever overpay again. Those days are over. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SendPro online. Starting at $4.99, you can also qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping, calculate exact postage online, and print labels from your personal computer where you're sitting at right now. Go to pb.com design to access a special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com design. Experience shipping made simple with the free trial of SimPro Online from Pitney Bowes. The Haunted Mansion is a riddled story that had so many possible twists and turns. When you're making something new and original, there's no one to follow. There's no industry standard that you can emulate. Sometimes being in first place in life means being quite lonely. This is the story of scary versus funny. This is the story of the creative process and how big ideas take time to take shape. This is the story of designing the Haunted Mansion. Okay, so today we wanted to talk about the Haunted Mansion. Yes. And it's turning 50. You were commissioned to do a toy for it, which is an amazing opportunity. Uh, and our friend of the show, McBiff, did an amazing painting for it mm -hmm. uh, that he'll be a part of that as well. So, you know, there's a couple of adventures and design celebrities out yeah. there. Not me, because, you know, nobody likes me, but You're you guys retired. be out there. You're retired. That's right. But I'm, I'm, but I'm putting so much more love into the park of my retirement. <laughs> yes. Like Disneyland is basically the ship I'm putting in a bottle every single day on my retirement plan. But I thought there's going to be an influx mm -hmm. of YouTube videos and podcasts and blogs about the Haunted Mansion. So I, I wanted to cover it because you're working on it and it's such a big milestone and there's something really big coming from Adventures in Design regarding the Haunted Mansion. Uh, but I thought that this would be a great place to sort of look at how did it come about? Mm -hmm. Not so much the origin, but when you make something and you have a really great idea and you're working as a team, 
how do you narrow the idea down? And I just want to set the table for everybody that the Haunted Mansion was the first really big attraction made in the absence of Walt Disney. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pirates, he was there for it. He was a visionary on it. He saw one scene, the auction scene, Mm. um, before he uh, passed away. But they knew what he wanted for the rest of Mm -hmm. it. The Haunted Mansion had come and stopped and they went and did the world's fair and it was put on pause so it had never really been fleshed out i think everybody had a different idea of what it could have been or what it should have been yeah but somehow they had to get to what we got Mm -hmm. which i think is accidentally perfect yes i think it is a perfect attraction right so i just have a, a a long list of bizarre and weird scenarios and i thought we'd look at the creative process and really sculpt it down to how we got to where we did and Let's just start with the location of it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of different ideas about where it could have been. And I want everybody at home to imagine. We walk under the tunnel. Here you leave tomorrow and into the land. So you're going around Town Square. You're working your way down Main Street. Let's not stop for a Starbucks mm-hmm. because we're going to cut around the marketplace. And we're going to go behind Main Street on a jigged jag road that leads to the Haunted Mansion. How weird would it have been if they built the Haunted Mansion on the backside of Main Street? So which way were they? Did you figure this out? To like, the right. To the right. Because okay. the Jungle Cruise is to the left. Jungle Cruise is right there, yeah. We're, right. So it, it would go tomorrow, Landy, or like in that direction? Yeah, because if you look at the Disneyland model that's yeah. in the theater for uh, Mr. Lincoln, you can see that Main Street originally had a big dirt patch behind it. Yeah. And, you know, Walt wanted to do like an international street there or wanted to do uh, all kinds of, you know, a Liberty Street or maybe a Chinatown. So there's all kinds of ideas I wanted to put in that back space. And this is pre-Space Mountain. So, yeah. Right. Because Space Mountain is wildly close yes. <laughs> to Main Street. I think we talk about that every time. Like even today, walking up to it, I'm like, look at it right there. It'll blow your mind yeah. how close it is because emotionally that and the Jungle mm-hmm. Cruise feel so far away. Yeah. But they're right there. So this was before all of that had taken shape. And part of it that kind of sounds intriguing and romantic to me is that, but this kind of ruins Disneyland. Like yeah. if Main Street USA had the Haunted Mansion behind it, it's kind of saying like that's Disneyland Skid Row. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the back street where the the old abandoned house is. Yeah. And even though that sounds intriguing and like common sense. Storytelling. It also doesn't feel like Disneyland. Right. Right. But it's wild to imagine basically a a popular attraction just right off of Main Street. Right there. Yeah. Because the real gem of Disneyland is that you have to go up to the hub, make a decision, get rerouted back. So even though you're going to Space Mountain, mm-hmm. they walk you so far yeah. out of your way to get there. And it's a different story. Yeah. Same with the Jungle Cruise. So it would have been really weird to just go behind it and have it be there. Like, I've I really tried to imagine it, and it just it, it kind of blows my mind to think of that scenario. Yeah. And I mean, I want to see drawings of that, right? Yeah. Like I'd want to see some kind of artist rendition of how that would look and how that would fit in with everything else because that sounds fascinating and i bet if it was there we would get so used to it like right. it'd be like of course it could you imagine sense. it being over by the river yeah exactly that's where they built the country beer jamboree <laughs> could that could you imagine you know one of the other things that they did which is pretty genius if you think about it, i mean it makes sense to us now but the fact that and this is always talked about you know that 
Walt didn't want some worn-down building mm-hmm. in his pristine park. Right. And his whole idea was like, you know, we'll take care of the outside. The ghost can take care of the inside. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, it's a very smart way of thinking. And, you know, I wonder what Walt's ver- um, idea of Disneyland Paris would be. Hmm. Because it does have a very sort of worn down, More decrepit looking. Traditional yeah. haunted house. And I do have to say that the Paris one is very high up on a hill. Yeah. And you kind of look down on their um, Splash Mountain, which is on an island. Mm. There's a really great dynamic between those two. How is the interior, though? Is it similar to ours, or do they do... I mean, I know all of them have slight variations and stuff like that, but does it basic... It was very piecemeal. Oh. Like, instead of the big graveyard finish... It's like a Western town and California oh. themed, which when you come from California and you're in Paris, yeah, you're like, I guess so. Yeah, it was it was it was a mixed bag of events, but I know that I don't think huh. people were totally happy with it, so it got completely redone oh. and just reopened this year. Oh, this year, yeah. And oh, out gosh, of I've been following that out of uh, love of hoping that I get back to Paris, I haven't watched any of the videos because I'd like to be surprised. Nice, okay. But the idea of keeping it. Polished and pristine. I, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that was, as far as like setting up your style guide or your creativity, that's a major decision that sets a tone for a lot of things. Like, how do we make something feel scary that doesn't look scary? Right. Right. Like, it makes sense to us now, like mm-hmm. we said. But boy, back then that must have been like, what? <laughs> this beautiful house is going to be haunted? Yeah, it, it's wild. But you know, they also had to figure out the the story. Yeah. And there's a lot that went into that story, like so many different ways it could have mm-hmm. went. And what we really have is to us, it feels kind of like a through line. Like you can, yeah. I think we've yeah. done it enough where we see the story, mm-hmm. but it was really sort of a lot of, I'll give you a little bit if you give me a little bit, because there was a big push between everybody there of scary versus funny. Right. Do we right. want this to scare guests or do we want this to be a funny family experience? Mm-hmm. And I think that it starts out scary and transitions to funny the further and further that you go. Yeah, it ends funny for sure. I mean, it starts with a suicide. Right. Exactly. Which a is hanging. probably the farthest thing from funny. Yeah. And it ends with the catchiest graveyard you've ever been right, in your life. Right, right. Come out the social laws. It is funny, though. That is a pretty dark moment for mm-hmm. for that kind of ride it, it's almost surprising that it's even maintained after all these for years. sure something that wouldn't be built in 2019 right i agree no way i agree but you've got sort of the comedy of these like stretching portraits which are basically you know cartoons really is what we're seeing are those mark davis i don't oh gosh i shouldn't I ask I it, <laughs> it seems like his humor yeah because sure. i know ultimately kind of his vision ended up winning the most yeah yeah because that whimsical i you know the the, the joke telling and storytelling of mm-hmm. his but you know it it does start out pretty bleak yeah but I almost feel like that's the kind of set, like a, a tone. Mm-hmm. And then the further you go through, you know, sort of the lighter it gets. Till, yeah. I mean, yeah. just that graveyard is such a party. Right. Are you a fan of the Halloween the Halloween layover? Uh, it could be on my list. Oh. <laughs> Say no more, caller. Say no more. But yeah, I, I, do, I do like the story that half of them wanted it to be scary. Yeah. Half of them wanted it to be funny. And then, you know, when... Disney passes away, 
who's to make that decision? Yeah. And, you know, I've watched a handful of documentaries about the subject right, matter. Right. And a lot of them were kind of like, nobody really told us what to do. Hmm. Like, they didn't really have a new lead. They were kind of just all figuring it out and kind of going by what they had been told before. But um, I love that push and pull. And I, I really think that if they would have went all funny, it would probably be something like Toad mm. that's kind of like gaggy. Yeah. But if they would have went all scary, it wouldn't have felt like Disney. Right. I mean, I could definitely see, I mean, look at Snow White, right? That got so much flack for being too scary, and, and that's not it's even pretty brutal. Bad. It is. It is. But consistent with the story and the film, and yeah. Uh, for this, like, especially at the time that this was opening, or that they were kind of doing a concept for this, it's curious to know, like, I feel like we have a better idea of what a Disney ride is now than maybe they did then. Sure. Like, I wonder what kind of, what they were thinking. Like, it shouldn't be too scary, or it should be a little bit scary, or... Well, well, think about this. They had had made Small World. Right. Which is, like, as squeaky family clean as possible. Right. And they had already did... The dinosaurs and stuff mm-hmm. that are now in the train for, for Ford at the, the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. And they had just made Pirates. Right. And I think that if you had just worked on Pirates and you'd seen the success for that, you'd be like, it needs to be scary. Yeah. Because Pirates is kind of scary. It's 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 real world set. Yeah. And those are, they're pirates. Yes. They're, they're rough guys. You know, they, and skeletons. A and, lot of, yeah. Yeah. So, but even with Pirates, you know, it, it, it starts out looking at the decay and and what happens to a pirate right until we get into the battle and then once again it ends with sort of the party you know what i mean the the fun of it all so there is a strong comparison between the two attractions in that the first part of the haunted mansion sort of sets the tone and there's not a lot of characters or pieces mm-hmm. then it kind of gets into sort of the action of it you know the murder scene Mm -hmm. and then it ends in a party right so there are i i feel like those two attractions are really akin to each other Mm -hmm. but i think makes sense being you know their location and everything too and there's a little bit of where there was talk of crossover and all that stuff right early on and they just finished one yeah and walt was happy with it everybody was happy with it so it only makes sense like without our leader let's try to make something that feels like that but they definitely erred away from making it too graphic or too real for sure so then what do you think of the uh in the same vein scary versus funny but how like the original concept was this museum of the weird or <laughs> like which was like there are parts of it that survived and it makes sense in, in the current story but and it was gonna be a walkthrough and all of that stuff like how do you feel like did that just go away because of practical things you think like well i i think that so museum of the weird was yeah. roller crump Right. And funny stuff too. Funny and wild stuff. Yeah. yeah. And there's a great story that he tells about he was doing it and everybody's like, Walt's not gonna approve that. Yeah. And everybody had their things laid out and, and Walt looked at it and he's like, I don't know, man, that's too weird. Yeah. And Rolly's like, Well, whatever. Seems like him. Goes home, comes back the next day, and, and according to him, right. Walt's sitting at his desk wearing the same clothes that he had on the day before. And he said, you know, I couldn't stop thinking about this. Mm. I really like this. Like, you keep doing this and I'll figure out how to use it. So seeing that art, it came up with the idea of the Museum of the Weird. Yeah. Which if it was a walkthrough, these were going to be all of the pieces that were collected. But that's the collector at the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Mm. 
Interesting. That idea came yeah. full circle. Because I love, as Disney builds new things, like the Galaxy's Edge, right, right. it's really New Orleans Square inside right. of uh, you know this property that's based Star around Wars space. Dressing. Yeah. So the Museum of the Weird was going to be this collection of sort of oddities, and it doesn't really make sense with where we're at now, but a lot of wild stuff was happening in the 60s, yeah, so it, it makes sense like for a, that. Make a fun house more yeah, than a haunted yeah. house. Yeah. But if you look at the artwork that he did, mm-hmm. you do see some of the things that were fabricated, like the doors and mm-hmm. you know faces in the woodwork right, and the right. wallpaper. So details. It, I love how they throw a lot of ideas at the wall and then sort of like, we got to get a through line here. And then they go, well, we already did this stuff. Is there a way to now bend it around the idea that goes? Mm-hmm. But you mentioned, what if they made it a walkthrough? Right. That would have been horrible. I can't imagine walkthroughs any, anywhere, any no. attraction. Yeah. No. Like, especially nowadays, it would get clogged and people wouldn't move on and things like that. But So in their defense, yeah. walkthrough would be cheaper to make. Sure. But you know why they ultimately decided no walkthroughs? Is because... Like, how do we time mm-hmm. the guest to see these yeah. effects? Right, right. Because what they were thinking is, is that if a group of people comes through and we can't keep them moving, yeah. you might get half of, you know, you might see the reveal before you get right. the idea. Right, right, So then that was when the idea they came up with that everything in there needed to be looped. Right. And that is an interesting thing about the Haunted Mansion is that each one of those scenes you always hit it at a random time. Yeah. You yeah. know, because the Omni Mover system, mm-hmm. it's not like, um, man, what are one of the, oh, it, um, Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those are right. queued up to where your car gets you in. You see it until. Yeah. And your car triggers the effect. Right. So, you know, it's happening when you're there. But with this, it's just on loop because they had no idea the speed that people would go through. But. I don't know. I, the thing that I love about the Museum of the Weird concept, though, is just like how far they were going to try to do something different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not just make a cliche like uh, you look to the right and somebody jumps up to the left. You yeah. know, like cause yeah. there's a lot of cliche things that seem to work um, with the haunted type theme. Right. You know, right. and they definitely were going far out of their way to do something different. And it was neat to see that how they were, um, on, on some of these documentaries and stuff, you see how they were trying to use technology or figure out these technologies. How can we apply this to this theme or how do we make it into something like that? So that's always a part of, I think, every Disney attraction. Yeah, I mean, those early animatronics, Yeah, every movement was basically its own computer or tape reel. Right, right. So, right. you know, if a character's arm goes up and down, Right. That's one whole rig that's making that happen. Right. And if the head's turning left and right, that's a second rig. And if the mouth is moving, that's a third one. And like, I've seen these old footage of it looks like a record player with Mm -hmm. like, you know, 10 records playing. Yeah. And it's just one like three foot guy, like barely moving a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I think the Tiki Room has a lot of that stuff too, didn't it? I think they had a lot of stuff underground or something. The Tiki Room has a thing underground that looks like NASA. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And it's just to make a bunch of birds just like chirp. You know, you you go to um, the Doc, what's his name in Galaxy's Edge? Doc Indorian. Doc, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You'll edit that in. Doc Ox. Yeah. Doc Op from Spider-Man, who's in the Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. When you go in there and you look at that animatronic, yeah. that he sits at his table, 
he counts things. Mm-hmm. He messes with his ledger. He gets up and turns around and like looks at like those that sort of like that Star Wars abacus that's on the wall. Right. right. Then he turns around and looks at you, and he's got a mouth on each side of his hammerhead. Like yep. what the. The distance in fifty years oh, is yeah. outrageous. Oh, like the Hondo and the and the Smuggler's Run ride up there, moving around. I will complain about Hondo. Oh, okay. I go there. I see him talk. I'm like, one, it's wild that he's Jamaican. Two, it's wild that he sounds just like that crab over in DCA that hangs <laughs> out with Ariel. Like every time I hear him talk, really? I keep waiting for him to be like Ariel. <laughs> like to me, it's the same voice. <laughs> It's the same guy, Interesting. right? Interesting. I don't know. Do they get the I'm same pretty guy sure it's the, the same voice? guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I remember they're going, and we got this guy to do the voiceover. And I'm hmm. like, okay, that's cool. And then he was talking. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. That's the crab. <laughs> so that's, I will complain about the galaxy okay. edge there. All right. Give All me right. that one. Um, it's okay to complain if it's the things that I don't like. That's right. Then it's okay. <laughs> Another interesting thing is that they almost built it where Indiana Jones right, is. Right, right. So, yeah, we were mentioning Indiana Jones too. I don't get that at all. No, I had never heard this before. Like, where did this come from that it was going to be there? So what would we have? We have the jungle, so just past the Jungle Cruise? Yeah. And was it going to take on an Adventureland? I mean... As opposed to where it is now? I think that if... I think their idea was, we have Adventureland. Yeah. We had, we're we doing Pirates in New Orleans, so it could just be the first the thing we get there. To the, yeah. And, you know, if you think about how they did Indiana Jones, they were probably thinking because we have a tight space that yeah. it'll be the creepy house that's recessed, set back. you know yeah. set back um which is sort of what they ended up doing now because it's pretty far mm-hmm. from the the walkway but part of its charm and its character is that it feels like a real house mm-hmm. like it feels like a real estate yeah and they gave up a lot of real estate to to pull that gimmick off because mm-hmm. You know, when you go into Fantasyland, which is just perfect, all those little European village houses, mm-hmm. they're just boom, 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 right next to each other. Right. And, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean has its courtyard, but that's what holds the people. They gave up a decent amount of land to tell the story of the Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. you know, to, to really make it feel like it's an estate. Yeah. Overlooking yeah. The, the river there. And they've hidden the queue. In the back, so mm-hmm. you don't see that right up front. And, and if you walk by, like from the gate side, it just looks like a house. And they do force you around that whole thing, and you still enter in a really awkward way. Yeah, you know. But they've maintained that you don't go through the front door, which you'd think you would. Yeah, but just off to the side. So yeah, it's an interesting setup, but it looks perfect it, where it, it is. It really does. Now, here's a little fun fact for everybody: hmm. Disneyland has a lot of weather vanes. Yes. And some of them, you have no idea where they come from, but there's a significance for the weather vane that's on the Haunted Mansion. Because the original storyline, which makes zero sense, is that it was going to be about a sea captain. Right, 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 right. Sea captain, it's a house. Not his boat. Right. But his house. Right. If you're a good sea captain, you're never home. That's right. So they're also, (laughs) yeah, they're also more like the abandoned mansion. Uh, So they were thinking about making it about a sea captain who was lost at sea and the story was going to be him dying at sea. But how does that relate to his Hmm. home? They also at one point thought about maybe making it a boat ride. But why Hmm. would there be water inside Inside of the house? house? Right, right. So the sea captain, that to me sounds like, you know what would be fun to draw? 
sea captain. <laughs> you ever do that where you have a client <laughs> and you're like, you know what I want to do? How about this? And I'm going to just crowbar around all state insurance. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite things about watching the Super Bowl is you see you see commercials that are like, okay, we're going to take the brand of Doritos. Mm. It, it crunches and it puts fuzz on your fingers. What story can we tell with crunching and fuzz on your fingers? Yeah. And you figure that out. But then there's these other commercials you see where it's like, you watch it and you're like, what did that have to do with right. prudential right. insurance? Yeah. And being a creative like we are, you go, that's somebody who really wanted to do that animation they style. Do that, yeah. They want to do that joke. Or yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they just said, I'll sell it to Prudential. I'll also <laughs> sell it to Marlboro Cigarettes. Right. You know right. what I mean? I'll go on either side. I, I don't care. Um, and I think that the sea captain maybe fits into that. But when you go to the Haunted Mansion and you see the weather vane is an old ship of the sea, mm-hmm. that is a nod to the legacy that was almost mm. there. And that's the type of stuff that I love. Yeah. To me, yeah. that's so much more important than, you know, some of the other things that people freak out about. This is one of those rides, too, that has a lot of sort of history and legend and, and all this stuff built up around it. And it's sometimes hard to tell what's true or you know, oh, yeah. it could just be an Imagineer recalling something differently than another one. But that's kind of works all in its favor, I think. And I also think that, you know, a lot of these Imagineers, this was the time when everybody was trying to find their place at the table because mm. the company was, you know. With Walt, yeah. Yeah, so I think that everybody kind of has their own version of the story, and they're all probably right in their own way. You know, they mem- remember it yeah. the way that it emotionally felt to them. Right, exactly. And exactly. they had ran the shop for one way for so long that just imagine when all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, now you guys are in charge. Mm-hmm. All right, so look, what do we do now? Yeah. I mean, you talk about the intimidation of Apple Inn. Remember before you found your style? Like, now you know, you've been doing the kingdom of cute look, mm-hmm. which is kind of everything you do. You've been doing that for so long that I could just throw you any project. You're right, like, right. How do I make that smile? Right. But you you earned that. So now when you hit Apple N and you create that new document, you already know that it starts with the reference or right. sketch. Right. and You got your process down. But remember when you weren't, Jared? Remember when... <laughs> You didn't have that in your back pocket? Yes, yes. And you would hit Apple N, and you didn't know. It was like the emptiness scared you. Yeah. Because you go, finally, I did all my clients' work. Now I can do something for me. And then you go, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Right. Yeah. That had to be what they were feeling. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it was such a mixed bag of ideas. Because it used to be they would show stuff to Walt, and Walt would be like, nope, 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 yes. Tweak it this way. Let's build it. Right. And life right. is easier when you have a leader. Yep. For sure. That's why organized sports work so well, because all of those people who are from different parts of the country, different backgrounds, they get together as a team because they believe in their coach. Yeah. And if you don't believe in the coach, he gets fired. It's interesting, though, when you read about this stuff, because I... I would have assumed it would have started with a story, not not a gag or a series of gags, and now do we create a story around a gag, like... I wonder why it didn't start with, like, let's come up with a story, sort of like the sea captain, which is a far-fetched one, but why wouldn't they go that route and then say, like, okay, now, because that's the story, like, say it was his wife that was left behind, and so she haunts this thing, and that's the bride or whatever. I don't know. But, like, it seems like the story would have driven the thing. I just think that it came down to who's the creative director, who gets to decide what the story is, and you have, on a project of that scope, it's not like you sitting at your desk making your Mickey ears. Right, right. Where they 
give you a budget. They tell you what you can do and you go make it and you turn it in. It's like, imagine if every vector piece in one of your illustrations had to be done by somebody else, Mm. you know? And so I think when you get that many cooks in the kitchen and you don't have who's totally in charge, because I still don't know who actually was the visionary, the deciding factor on all this stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was Roy. Who knows? But <laughs> Roy, man, did anybody ever get a tougher gig Good in business? Roy. Yeah. My brother's a maniac. And then <laughs> I write the check. <laughs> and I go talk to the bank. <laughs> the poor man. But I I think that that was a lot of what we're seeing and why it seems a little, little uneven. Hmm. But with the legacy and the charm of how it all came together, yeah. this bizarre explosion that you couldn't remake if you wanted to. Right, right. It really, really makes it work. So is there did is there a story specifically? We know the story from what we've seen, but is there a through story for all of this that connects all of these things? Because, like we said, it starts off one thing, ends in kind of a silly thing, but is there a through line, or does each room kind of tell its own little story? I mean, from what I've been able to gather, yeah. and this is just like, you know, rumors and mm-hmm. my own common sense is that I look at it this way is that you're going into the haunted mansion where a couple once lived. Okay. It starts out slow and you're just kind of going through the house like you would like, well, we're walking through the house and it feels odd and it feels weird. They're like, let me out of here and all that gaggy stuff, you know, when the, the doors and stuff. Now that part doesn't totally make sense because if the bride has killed her husband, has she killed all these other people too? Mm-hmm. So where do these bodies come from? So it's a little far fetched. Right. There, we get over to Madame Leota, which I think is second best room of all of Disneyland. Yeah, that is saying that there was a darker spirit, or the 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 bride was you know maybe she got a fortune read and saw that there was a cheating or mm. that there was a betrayal. So that's yeah. kind of indicating that you know an afterlife or a, a different pace. And I just saw the Disneyland fireworks reflect on the hotel building sitting behind. <laughs> Great view. So now this is going to be in a magical podcast because I'm doing it while Disneyland Forever is happening behind me, but I can see it because behind <laughs> you it is reflecting on a 15-story building. Hilarious. Episode over. Enjoy the Haunted Mansion. Happy 50th birthday. <laughs> but so then from the supernatural, we get into the attic. Right. Which is where the, really the most part of the story happens. The betrayal, the death, him vanishing from the photo. And then we end up in the graveyard. Right. We get Hatchbox Ghost. In yeah. The, in the oh, and also the wedding celebration. The, the party. The, the, the party. Scene. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which is my favorite room at Disneyland. Well, I wonder if it's on your list. We'll have to yeah, see. We'll see. We'll see. Because our bonus content today is 13 things we really love about the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> and why do we pick 13? Well, because on a slow night, if it's basically a walkthrough, cast members will adjust the clock to a 13-minute wait. There you go. Just to keep the creepiness nice. going. Now, do you think you would be excited to be doing merchandise for it, Jared? And, you know, doing prints. Do you think people would have stuff hanging in their houses and really be attached to it if it was named Blood Mirror Manor? This is what I was hoping we'd get to. <laughs> <laughs> Blood Mirror Manor of Cute? I don't know. Could you imagine? Where did this come from? I've never heard this before. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's from... I did a deep dive on the origins 
or as our president would say, the oranges. Mm-hmm. I did a deep dive on how it all comes together, and that was one of the ideas that they were kicking around. Huh. Isn't that fascinating? So, but what is that? What was the con? Was it a different concept? Was it a whole concept, or just that's what it was going to be called? So, the blood mirror is like a, a family thing, and it was going to be. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I should have took better notes on that, but I can't remember. It was like it was like their last name, okay. but it, it sounds creepy, right? Yeah, but it's like somebody you know who has the last name blacksmith, but they're not really like a blacksmith. You right, know what I mean? It was right, like right. kind of one of those type of things. Yeah. But man, oh man, would Disney have had a hard time moving merch on a big shirt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's get to what I think is really kind of impressive about this story. Okay. The fact that the house sat there. For seven years. This is incredible. This is like the part you get to when you're reading about it and you, you kind of have to, you start figuring out the dates and you're like, oh, they started this then. Walt was there for it, but then not. And Small World and all this stuff happens in between. Amazing. So the building sitting there for seven years. Yes. It goes up in 62. Attraction opens in 69. Right. And they built it because Walt really wanted a plantation house overlooking the river he thought that that would sell the vibe more when the boats went by and everything so that's kind of the idea of it new orleans square though is this all yeah part yeah. of that so it gets built and it's sitting there and forever the gate was locked hmm. i know this wasn't planned because they had the world's fair pop up two years later and then they were working on pirates and then he passed away which it always makes me feel weird when I say that I have to acknowledge that Walt died. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> like I, when I did that, the uh, animated, the future of Disney yeah. animatronics, and I had to put in there that he died. I'm like, should I not put this in my movie? Like to say, hey, Walt died. I'm like, everybody knows he's dead. Yeah. But it's such yeah. a like it's so heartbreaking. You know when when Jim Henson or Steve Jobs or yeah. Walt Disney dies, like you just feel like, man, they took so many good ideas with them. Well, and it's got this chronology with like between the movies and the parks, like it, there's all this like history of like, it's like Jesus's death or something, right? Yeah. It's like before yeah. and after and what that means. It, it really does. Yeah. The, the, there's just such large figures. Like mm-hmm. look at Steve Jobs, Apple versus right. Tim Apple. Right. It's a whole different business yep. uh, in the way that we think about them. So, it sit there for seven years, but what a great prequel yes. to a haunted That's mansion! Exactly right, because there were like wild rumors that somebody got hurt in there, and so they're not going to open it, or yeah. you know, like you know, I've heard when you walk through the park. You hear people tell stories, right? Right. You're like, no, that's not true. Exactly. I actually had a girl once tell me I was a liar. Uh, at the park? Yeah. About what? I was talking to a friend of mine. Oh, well, she overheard. She overheard. And I told my friend, I said, you know what the crazy thing about Disneyland is? Is you see all these planners. The reason why it's red, white, and blue flowers for 4th of July is because they plant those there. But then in October, the or uh, sorry, September, those yeah. all get pulled up and they then replant orange and yellow Falls and red and, fall. Yeah. And then it'll all be poinsettias when it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And she just turned around and looked at me like, that's not true. I go, all right, those flowers are going to magically turn colors on their own. Like, they have a huge greenhouse. Things get ripped out, put there. Constantly. Like, constantly. But I've heard some wild tales. I'm going to start writing those in my phone when I hear them. Yeah, totally. So we could be like, what I overheard at Disneyland Totally. That's a whole Twitter thing, I think. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, 
one of the things though that I'm glad that they didn't do, I couldn't imagine any other way, is it was almost hosted by a raven. Okay. Or a cat. Yeah. Both of which can be found in the attraction. Sure. You can spot sure. the ravens easily in a lot of the scenes. Mm-hmm. But I think that if it was a raven for branding, it would be cool because like we don't have merch for the ghost hosts. Right. We right. love the name, but it's kind of cool that it's abstract and we don't mm-hmm. really know right. who he is. Just what a great voice on that guy. Yeah, exactly. Go over to YouTube. Listen to him record that. He might have lost his temper a couple of times. Really? Yeah, he might have said some unfavorable language nice. for these times. Um, but that delivery is fantastic. And, I, you know, if it was a raven or a cat taking you through it, right. that would definitely merge better. Yeah. But I love it the way that it is. So currently, though, the raven is in every scene? Is that what it is? I don't know if it's in every scene. Or just key scenes? But I know, that it's, I know there's one in Madame Leota. I know that there's one in the attic. In the graveyard. Definitely in the graveyard. Coming down the attic, right? The tree right. when you kind of swing right. backwards. Um, is there one in the, the celebration? The lifting up the coffin one? I think there's one. Is, is there one on there? Yeah, there's one in that hallway yeah. stretch there. Yeah. I don't know if there's one in like the wedding celebration. Though. I bet there is. I bet there is. There's yeah. got to be one in there. Okay. Got to be one in there. Yeah. But um, I, I love that it's that they did it the way that it was. So the raven or the cat would, would talk? Yeah, that would be our host that mm. would send us through it. But a ghost host yeah. is so good. Yeah, it makes sense. And in that voice, your ghost yeah. host. God, what a voice. I know. I hope my voice keeps getting deeper. Is it the same guy? Who? Th- that's done. I mean, have they updated it? Like someone's had to come in and sort of no, redo the track? And... I'm pretty sure that's the original track. I mean, because, you know, the... Please stay in your doom buggies. Yeah. You know that that's a different voice. The um, and the warning voice at the beginning. Yeah, that's don't a, pull down the bar. Yeah, yeah. I, is that a different? Yeah, but man, how creepy do they make the Spanish version sound? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that guy who's like. I mean, the other guy sounds like you know like a haunted house ghost, but that yeah. guy sounds crazy. Because I think Leota they redid. Yes. Right? And it was like her daughter or something like that? I I don't know exactly, but I know that the head used to be stationary. It's only been floating mm. for the last however many years. And oh, I actually okay. met the guy who worked on making it float. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, when I was in Imagineering, and I worked on making the head float. And I was like, skrr, yeah. you did what? Thank you for your service, sir. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I couldn't imagine a stationary head just sitting there on the table. That is how it ended up being what it is. And you look at all those different decisions they had to make. And I think what we really got is a melting pot of so many of them. And I'm going to say that the weirdest oddity of it all, Mm. but what really ties it together is that song (laughs) is just so good. Like you'll sing pirates because it gets stuck in your head. Yeah. Yeah. But the Haunted Mansion is actually like a really great song. Do you find though that it's so like the Pirates one sounds like a song Pirates would sing, right? That kind of drinking song of you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. That. Haunted Haunted House is a little different. Other than like they could have just gone like the music at the beginning when you're in the stretching room, right? It's just this sort of it's the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. Oh my god, I love that. But the graveyard song, and <laughs> the song is played, it's like a Scooby Doo song. <laughs> it's yeah. totally a Scooby Doo like song. 60s, like yeah. 
like jam. Like, hey, really... Scoob! <laughs> like, you get to see the Mystery Machine come cruising through totally. there. So it's an interesting choice for for a ride like this. But I think for you and I, kids who were born in the 70s, mm-hmm. there was a lot of that kind of glink, 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 glink. Like the Munsters. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the Munsters. Yeah, there was kind of a lot of that that was kind of in the background and we're like well this is just what things were before i came around monster mash i guess that kind of pop music sounding thing yeah it, it, but it's just so great <laughs> and the dude who sings that thurl arthur ravenscroft yes <laughs> what a name thurl that's thurl yeah thurl who looks at a baby and goes He's going to be called Thurl. It's a family name. I, <laughs> I hope so. That's a name show I should bring back. Yes, Thurl. Thurl. Thor? Thurl. Thor? Thurl. He also was the voice of Tony the Tiger. Right. Which I know is you being our resident serial expert. That's right. That's right. Hey, when are we going to do this serial episode over on Adventures in Design? Oh, anytime. Yeah? Yeah. Give me a heads up. We should do that as a reoccurring I'll do a series. Serial killer. retrospective on series. <laughs> Uh, but also, if you're really wanting to get into the Christmas spirit mm-hmm. and you go out to the park and you ride it when it's the Haunted Mansion, even though that song won't be playing, you can tell your loved ones, like, hey, if you're missing the Haunted Mansion song, go watch The Grinch Who Stole Christmas mm-hmm. because he's the voice for The Grinch. Right. He does the... Uh, oh, he's the voice of The Grinch. Well, the no, song. No, he does the song. He sings yeah, the song. Which is kind right. of The Grinch's yeah. voice, right? Like the, That was uh, Boris Karloff. Did the voice of the Grinch. Oh, got it, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. But he does the song, mm-hmm. which is Which is fantastic. just as much associated with him, yeah. And uh, one last thing that they don't do anymore, which is kind of a wild idea, is they used to put a guy in the night suit. Right. <laughs> which is pretty wild. At the beginning, right? Yeah. Right there at the beginning. Well, they did a... Not, I don't think it was at the very beginning. I think like they did it after it had been open for a while. I mean, at the beginning of the ride. So yeah. You're coming yeah. out of that first hallway. Yeah. But it didn't start that way. So people wrote it. And then the next time they wrote it, just the dude like moved. Just, yeah. And um, that's I've, like legendary stuff. I've recently learned that a handful of Disney attractions have like a dark spot in them mm. where a cast member just literally sits. Just stands and. Keeping an eye on people trying to get out of rides or. Teenagers getting frisky, as they say, or people trying to smoke the marijuana. Gross. Yeah. Like, but just could you imagine what's your job? Like, oh, I just stand in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> How creepy. How creepy to catch that, though, right? Like, if you just caught it out of the side of your eye that they're right. I think I saw a guy. Yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I think I saw a guy. No, you didn't. Uh, does he do something? Like, sit down, knock it off. I mean, or does he just does report he, it back? Does like, he radio back to somebody else? Because I know they do stop it. Well, they won't stop it, but they'll interrupt the audio track to say no flash photography or stay seated. Or, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which really, uh, I think it adds to the attraction when it stops over and over again. Yeah. Or when the person next to you has the light on their iPhone on the whole time. It really sets the tone. I prefer it that way. <laughs> I actually believe every Doom Buggy should have an iPhone turned on That's shining right. in your A face. bright blue screen. Yeah, yeah, just so it feels more real. <laughs> One night I was standing on Main Street. And a cast member saw this woman was trying to get into the <laughs> paint the night parade. And she lifted up the rope and goes, ma'am, you can stand here. So she stood in front of a guy who had been there for a while and had his kids with him. And as soon as she gets this good spot that a cast member led her to, mm-hmm. she pulled up her phone, started filming, turned the light on her phone. Yeah. And she was maybe five foot four yeah so the guy who was like six foot four as she's holding up her phone just right he was just there. standing there with this look on his face like please kill me yeah and it was just the light of her phone just shining right into his eyes and i just looked over him like i feel bad for you man 
Because you can see people from out of town that have had the 16-hour Disney day. Oh, yeah. And they're just... Real quick, I love Disney. Of course. But I also love watching the people there. Yes. And before yeah. we get into our bonus content, I'll leave you with this story. This was the first week in July, right when it's warming up and the vacation people are coming. Right. And I was in that uh, that that store in Frontierland that's across from the shooting gallery. Yes. And this guy was yelling. Mm. His wife was on the far side of the store shopping. And he just goes... Denise, the kid doesn't have a shoe on. And she just kept shopping. And he goes, Denise, the baby's not wearing her shoe. And he was so aggravated. And I looked through him. I'm like, this is why it's great to be able to show up at 9 o'clock. Yeah. And, oh, you know. Completely. <laughs> Denise didn't care. Denise was shot. Yeah. Shop till you drop. Doesn't matter. The kid doesn't have a shoe. <laughs> Hey, folks, I hope you enjoyed this different look at the creative process and all of the great ideas they had and how they chiseled it down to what I think is a bizarre mixture and mashup that makes a truly, truly original attraction. People always ask me, Mark, what's your favorite ride? Well, I like to cheat and say the bench because I really do just like, you know me, I yeah. love the streets. I love the ambiance. I just love the vibe of the park. Right. But if you're telling me you can only ride one attraction or go put a flag on the one you don't want the bulldozer to take down, hmm. I think it comes down to the Haunted Mansion. Really? Yeah. Forever? Has that always been the case or is it something that grew over time? I, it's just the one that just gets more and more charming to me. I really? fall in love with it every time. Like. It's just, even the things that are bad about it kind of make it perfect. Oh, sure. I think that's a lot of Disneyland. I just think it's such a hodgepodge of wild ideas and stuff that could never be done again. Mm. That to me, it really cements like one moment in time, but more specifically, one moment in creativity. Hmm. And I sort of like the idea of these are creative people having to do their best work under the worst circumstances. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I kind of think that sometimes bad spots will, will force out great creativity it's it's got a very passionate following it does to say the least i mean i don't have tattoos i'm not a weirdo like Macbeth, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh what I, is, it, he's got a tattoo he's got a haunted mansion tattoo I don't his know. forearms is it oh the I, dueling the dueling ghost oh I'll yeah have to ask him. it's amazing i want to see that oh, you don't yeah. have to ask him it's on his forearm right right yeah, you <laughs> shake his hand and he'll show you it's it's amazing um but i mean is there one that that's higher on the list for you? Well, I think that's kind of us, right? That's the dynamic of the show. You've picked the Haunted Mansion, and for almost the exact same reasons, I would pick It's a Small World. It represents a very specific time, uh, a vision, um, several artists, but like some key artists, whereas like Mark Davis and stuff and Exitensio and all these people were very key. What, if, what a name uh, on that guy. Yeah, I know. Exitensio. All these people, right? So to me, it's like that, but the uh, sort of the other way. Like it's it's like we're a small world. I look at and I understand it's sort of outdated, and people kind of hate the song. I love it. I do too. I mean, it's the best thing. But I think for different reasons than why someone would normally uh, like the, the attraction people like we talk about. Small world is definitely my my number two, mm. and the Christmas layover yep. is just sacred to me. Right, and I I love small world, but I do have a. There's a couple of design complaints yes, about it yes. that take uh, it down to number two. Right. Much like in TV, I love The Sopranos. Mm -hmm. But The Sopranos is just like Small World. Follow me. This is a okay, wild analogy. Take me there. But The Sopranos has a major flaw in it 
the ending was a little bit weird for a lot of people. Yeah. And you always have to judge a show how on it ends. Right. But it had dream sequences. So when you have a dream sequence, I now have to judge, is everything I'm seeing real right. or is it a dream? But my number one show, because it's perfect and flawless, is The Wire. Okay. Because The Wire... Every bit of it leads into the next. There's nothing gratuitous. It all fits together. Hmm. It's a beautiful mess where everybody from the corner boys that are selling drugs to the, the to the cops are trying to reinforce that, to the teachers that are trying to get them to go to school, to the politicians that look over the city of Baltimore, it is flawless. And I think that the Haunted Mansion has that same through line of every piece is kind of troubled and weird, hmm. but it somehow stitches into the one before and after it. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. It is a more specific story, too, I think, than yeah. what Small World is trying to accomplish. But yes. I, but I would, Small World's all the feels. Yes, yeah, it is. And I think that's why it works at Christmas so well, right? Because it does. that sentiment just gets turned, the volume turned up, and it makes more sense at Christmas time. And I will say that Small World is the prettiest ride at Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For sure. I mean, that facade mm-hmm. with the boats and the, the bushes that are carved as animals. And, oh, man, the, they do one thing with the Christmas lights. It's so great. Yeah. Every strand of Christmas lights has one white bulb that blinks. Hmm. So it'll be a straight line of orange bulbs, but there'll be one white bulb that blinks. Just to give it that twinkle. And, and that makes it twinkle. Yeah. It makes it shimmer and shine. Yeah. And when I you look it. at it, look for that one white bulb and just know that's the one that's doing all the heavy lifting. Interesting. All right, let's get into our bonus content for members of the Circle of Trust. Let's look at 13, a fired quick round of 13 things that we each love about the Haunted Mansion. Oh, man, I don't want to have to say goodbye to you guys, and I don't want to have to say goodbye to Summer Sales. JackPrince.com slash Circle of Trust. It's your last chance to save. Summer promotions end on 731. That's the end of the day tomorrow. Which means on the bright side, you still have a day and a half to save 25% off full color stickers, 25% off custom brochures, and 20% off pocket notebooks. Go to jackprince.com slash circle of trust. Hurry, run over there right now and get these deals before they expire at the end of the day, 731, when I'll still have another hour and a half of tram rides left to do. Jackprince.com slash circle of trust. Proud sponsor of Disneyland for Designers and Adventures in Design. Citizens of Disneyland, thanks for listening to this first portion of today's episode. We have the entire other episode for Circle of Trust listeners. That's 13 things that Jared and myself love about the Haunted Mansion. We just looked at all of the ideas that didn't make the final cut, but now let's look at 13 details that make this iconic attraction a Disneyland must-ride classic at the golden anniversary of 50 years old. Sign up today to hear part two of today's episode and all six other episodes of Disneyland for Designers in their entirety, as well as a complete archive of 990 plus episodes of Adventures in Design, where I interview people just like you that wanted to turn their daydream into their day job. Sign up at AID.network, part two 
13 Things We Love About the Haunted Mansion starts right now. Jared. Yes, sir. I live closest to the park. You do. Which makes you the visitor. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you go first, and then I will go, and we will quick round 13 things that we love about the Haunted Mansion. Are we going back and forth, or am I going right through my You're going to go one, I'll go one. Back okay. and forth. Boom, 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 boom. 13. Let's see. I'm not going to go. This is not in any order, and it goes from very specific to very general. I will start with a weird one. Uh, the brass bat stanchions. You know, the little line markers. They're shaped like these little bats. Just this ugly little bat. It's perfect. Just On perfect. my list. There you go. <laughs> On my list. We have not compared lists yet. No, we did not I, discuss this We beforehand. did not see them at all. He told me just to make a list, and that's on my list there. So when I'm taking somebody to the Haunted Mansion for the first time, yeah, and we get down there and I go, just look at the rails. Yeah. Those little bat guys yep. on the rails are amazing. And talk about good merchandise. Mm-hmm. That's something that's utilitarian to get you through there. Right, right. People would buy that. Yep. Yep. Make it into a statue, make it into a necklace, just make a t-shirt of it. Like that is so well branded. Yep. And it's just the cue. It's amazing. It's a weird face. If you really look at the face, it's an odd face. So whenever I've had to draw it for these for these art pieces and stuff, it's a very because the way it's molded into that brass, it's got some strange features. So if you really take a close look at it, it's it's pretty ugly actually. But the fact that they would go to that extent for something so simple when they could have it could have been nothing. And we wouldn't have thought twice. Well, we promised the people 13, and you took one that I had on my list. Okay. And I 